You are now tuned into the James Grage Theory, the number one podcast in 2020. We're looking to the future, discussing life, fitness, business, and whatever else is bugging us at the moment. The action is all on jamesgrage.com, but we can also find content on youtube.com slash jamesgrage. Join the conversation, please. Uh, interact with us, and we um, will interact back. Um, you can find this podcast, James Grades Theory, on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and wherever else podcasts are taken on. Um, what do we have today, boss? Well, today was a little bit unplanned. Originally, the game plan, I was going to take the podcast to the home, and I was going to get a Nick back on there. Oh. Actually, I thought, you know what would be cool? The wife episode part two. Wife episode, but in our own environment, where like the funniest conversations she and I ever have are right before we're going to go to sleep. It's just like <laughs> shit talking. Shit talking in the dark. Matter of fact, that would be the name of the episode. Shit talking in the dark. Uh, is it a daily thing? or is it Daily. Do you get excited for that? Like getting in bed and just talking shit? I, I, it's just part of the routine. Right, right. It's just like, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, like, remember being like 12 years old, having a sleepover, and you just like bullshit all night? Yeah, for sure. And it's just like random stupid stuff? That's kind of what we do. Is there ever a night where you go in and it's, whether you did something or whatever, and it's quiet, and you're like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. Is is that an indication about her mood, whether she's chatty or not? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I... Look, it's, I think it's all of us. Depends on our energy level, right? It's easy to be happy in a good mood when you're refreshed and, you know, but if you've had a crazy day and you're tired, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know when I'm coming home and I'm tired, I'm definitely not feeling real chatty. Right, 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 for sure. So definitely kind of like a touch. Yeah, it's definitely reflective of, of a person's energy level, right. for sure. So just but she's couple, always pretty upbeat. So a couple, the thing we were just talking about before we started, but we'll kind of get people into the conversation is your hometown in California. I mean, like literally your backyard uh, mm-hmm. where you grew up, which crazy stuff going on there. Everybody knows about the Malibus and all that stuff. But the biggest wildfire in history in California is happening. Or most, most destructive. Most destructive. As far as homes. Sorry. Yep. So, yeah, what's happening up there, man? So I don't know what the latest count is. It's actually kind of depressing to look at it. Uh, but I know as of Saturday, they said something like 6,500 homes destroyed. Uh, 31 people dead. Already, it's actually it's actually more now. Yeah, now they found like forty four. Uh, you know, look, I don't know what's going on. Well, first of all, it's been a crazy year in California. Period. Uh, even when I went out there earlier in the year, they had one out there. Uh, they had one in northern Northern California, which was Redding, which was a really destructive. One they had one near the Bay Area. They've had fires all over. I feel like California. we've been talking about it every month, and they keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, no, look, a lot of it's been really dry out there. You've had bad drought. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. It's like this year was the apocalypse for California wildfires. But uh, you know, Paradise, which is a small town in the foothills outside of Chico, is decimated. I mean, it's gone. Hmm. It literally just burned everything. You see, it burned. The, you see the headlines, hell in paradise. You know, yeah, it's, are... the hospitals, I mean, it just it leveled the place it's it's one thing to see fires wildfires nothing to see a whole town decimated decimated i i've got some family up there my cousin dory uh fortunately her and her family are in mexico right now they didn't even plan it that way but unfortunately their house looks like it's gone um 
the house that my grandparents built, which is still in the family, so it's in a, a family trust, so the family still takes care of it. It's a cool little chalet-style house up in the foothills. Uh, that's right on the edge. It's kind of 50-50, whether it's still, still there or not, which you can't replace that, right? I mean, you know, people say, well, you know, insurance or whatever, but you can't, you can't rebuild, you know, family history. No. So, and I know that's really tough for... I know you're speaking with George. What is he saying about the situation over there? How are they bracing themselves? In well, Chico so Chico's course? done a good job of, of protecting Chico itself. Uh, the fire is all around it, but it's like Mars there. He's described it as skies are just orange during the daylight and air quality obviously is terrible. It's just, you know, it's, it's a sad thing to see people lose everything and... There's just nothing you can do about it. So, like, we talk about going through hard times and, you know, how do you deal with that and how do you move on? I mean, you're talking about something that literally just is... Everything gone. Yeah. I mean, it's not just your house or your car, but it's... All your memories, all the pictures. Yeah. There's a house and car. That's all... Like, you can get that back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those... And it happened fast. Yeah. So, with Paradise, it happened really, really fast. So, people had to evacuate fast. It's not like they were able to pack all their things and, and I mean, I see, head out at their I, leisure. I, I'm just looking at the people are still driving and the, it's up to the highway. I mean, people are literally stopping and just abandoning their cars. So Chase told me a story this morning. He was telling me that uh, there was a guy who had sent a picture to Toyota. And he said, man, you know, your car held up for me. And basically in the process of evacuating was driving through fire and he had this white Toyota pickup look like a toasted marshmallow. And imagine being inside that vehicle driving and just praying that your tires don't melt off. That your tires don't melt off. And so he was telling me that apparently Toyota is taking that, they're putting it in some sort of at their corporate headquarters or somewhere and they're actually sending him a new truck, which I mean, that's just only one out of you know, all these people that have lost everything, but I still thought that was an interesting story. I was trying to imagine myself driving through a wall of fire, just praying that your car doesn't break down. I was trying to think to myself, is, is it is, is this as bad as it's been or because of social media and everybody's personal accounts of it that it's a little bit more amplified? But I'm sure living in California for kind of better part of half of your life, you probably saw some crazy shit. Too. I never saw anything like this near... Uh, near Chico, uh, or even, you know, you don't see it as much around cities. You see it a lot in the forest, so a lot of forest fires, especially you get down there by Yosemite. I mean, there's been some major, major acreage that's burned. So there's been fires that have been more destructive in terms of size, sheer acreage. This one's just more destructive in, you know, homes, the the loss that people have experienced. But uh, yeah, it's 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 sad. So, of course, uh, not only is it close to home, but I mean, I think we can all relate. So, yeah, definitely, thoughts go out to everyone who's yeah, going through it right it now. Everyone that's displaced. Season. Yeah, it's I mean, imagine at the worst time, you know. So you got people that are they're you know the schools. A lot of schools are closed down, and so they've got the gymnasium set up. People, you know, kind of like temporary shelters. So yeah. you just said it. We're about to go on Thanksgiving. And so you got people camped out in a high school gymnasium that just lost everything. So it's kind of one of those things we always talk about. What does it take to you know pull yourself out of funk sometimes? Well, just remind yourself that 
things could always be a whole lot worse. I think that we have a tendency to get hung up on really petty shit. You know, you and I have talked about that before. I think we even talked about that last week where, you know, you look at the people that are so without and we're upset about kind of trivial stuff. So First world problem, we called it. Yeah, so imagine, you know, this Thanksgiving, if you're there with your family in your house and you have a meal in front of you, you're doing all right. That's a win in our book. And if you have presents for Christmas, that's another possible good thing. Um, but also getting into that, uh, if you guys want to help, I'm sure Red Cross and all these things, you know, make sure you go out and donate something. You know, go out there and and become a part of the the solution up there. Um, getting into the holiday season. So speaking a little bit about the holiday season, I'm sure um, like the millions of other people will be shopping on Amazon. Um, this is kind of what our discussion is. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Does this simple question, does Amazon help or hurt your business? Well, I'd tell you that it... Obviously, it helps, right? Depends on how you approach it. Yeah. I think it could help you short-term, and if you're not careful, it could hurt you long-term. Uh, you know, you look at Amazon, if you're selling something on Amazon, if you have an established brand on Amazon... It's a humongous sales channel, and the potential to do a lot of business is there. Uh, you could sell more on Amazon probably than any other channel in the entire world now. It used to be, I mean, look, Walmart used to be the king, right? And even for brands, I'm not just talking about as far as retail giant. I'm talking about as, as a channel for a brand. Mm -hmm. You look at Amazon, they have the potential to dwarf all of that. Now... What's the downside of it? Well, first of all, it's not your customer. That's Amazon's customer. Amazon has all their own house brands for every industry that you can think of. Every industry you can think of, even in our industry, sports nutrition, you think there's no way that, that Amazon has sports nutrition brands. And if you did think that, you would just assume, well, maybe it's got you know Amazon's own label on it. No, they look like regular brands. And if you didn't know the difference, if you didn't know the industry, you would think that it was just like any of the other brands out there. So if they're selling your products, they know who your customers are. They know what You're they like. It, it's your pro, You're creating the profile for them. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. creating what are your best sellers. You're the ones that are creating the marketing tools for them. You're the one creating the voice. And this. I think that's what's really scary right now is so you've got Amazon in a position to be able to crush brands and I'm not just talking about big huge brands I'm talking about entire industries well I'm talking about brands that we appreciate smaller boutique brands I think we can all appreciate uh, niche brands mm -hmm. right brands that have real people and real faces behind them you know people that have a passion for whatever their industry is passion for the products that they make and Amazon has the ability to go in there and just completely decimate that and so I think that's a scary thing. So if you ask me, does Amazon help your business or hurt your business? Again, it goes back to how you approach it. So if you see it as just a vehicle to be able to go in there and get your products out there, get them, you know, get some exposure and with the right strategies, ultimately try to make that customer your own customer, then I think that there's a strategy there. If you just think that Amazon is your golden ticket, that you're going to make a product or just sell a product on Amazon, I would tell you that ultimately that's going to be short-lived. Let's look at it from the flip side of it because Amazon isn't successful without us. Mm -hmm. Why would I, 
I'm a BPI sports fan. I love the BPI sports products. I go on bpisports.com. I get all my education on bpisports.com. I even go to the product page. Why the hell not? I put one more rep into the cart. Mm -hmm. And then I think, ah, let me go see if it's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Why? Why do I do that? I'll tell you one of my reasons. Um, you tell me uh, yours and I'll tell you. I don't have because I don't have to fill out all the information for it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to fill in my credit card for me to go into my wallet, pull my credit card. I've already done that with Amazon. They already have all my information. So I, I know you'll get into it a little bit, but the convenience of it, I think, is, is the, the number one factor for me. Well, look, I mean, that's what drives all technology is convenience. I, I think last week we were just talking about Al Gore's documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, and I was telling you how I really like the name of the title mm -hmm. because it's so true. We know the things that we should be doing to improve things, but it's really inconvenient for us to do those things. So it's something that's a truth. It's just inconvenient. And I think that technology is all about convenience. Every bit of technology is designed to make things easier or faster, more accessible. And and that's really, I think that's one of the biggest things that has driven growth for Amazon was when they had, they were the first with this one-click you know, technology, which was actually trademarked and or patented. Uh, and that's now expired, I believe, right? Uh, or, is, or, is, or is about to. But think about it. Before then, and here was, in my mind, this was a big change. This is why I should have invested back then, because I knew this was going to happen. It wasn't that long ago that we were afraid or had major reservations about buying anything from our phone. Matter of fact, it seemed ridiculous. You would buy it you know, from your laptop. You might even consider buying it from your, your tablet. But to buy it from your phone, there was just like, Whatever it was, maybe it's just a lack of confidence in it. It's too easy. There's, I think the big so, thing was too many, too many that could go wrong. Too think about it. Your phone was associated with being on the go. So if you're going to order from your phone, that meant you were on the go. And if you're on the go, do you really want to pull out your wallet and add all this information in like you used to have to not that long ago? It's only a couple years ago that that's the way it was. Mm -hmm. So with Amazon building up enough trust where people trusted them enough to save all their credit card information in there and just be able to click one button to order, that was a game changer. And that made ordering from your phone convenient for the first time ever. So, of course, it's, it's all about convenience. And I think just like when we're talking about environmental responsibility, I think there's probably at some point we all have to start thinking about some sort of let's call it social and economic responsibility if we like all these niche brands right if we like you know little upstart brands that are making cool unique products it is it just on the brand to say hey okay well i'm not going to sell on amazon or is it for us also as consumers to say okay i'm not going to just purchase because it's convenient i'm going to go ahead and support these businesses it's like the when things start going more towards e-commerce people are saying hey you know well if I, forget that go back to even when like big box retailers like walmart's were coming into towns people like support local yeah for right sure. support, was, support all the local shops saturday is like small business saturdays things like that so this is like that yeah so this is the modern version of it so it's not support local businesses it's you know support those small upstart or even mid-sized businesses the the brands that you really like, if you want them to still be what they are, then you've got to support them. If you want just 
a cheap product that looks just like it, you know, or something that is nameless, faceless, like seriously, I mean, I don't know how many brands Amazon owns. I'm sure if you were to go to the trademark office and look it up, you probably wouldn't be able to do it because they probably have so many subcorporations set up. You wouldn't even be able to, you wouldn't even be able to track it, but I, it's gotta be thousands, thousands of brands that are all Amazon. I mean, do that. We're talking about Armageddon with fires. That, that feels like Armageddon to me. That feels like, it feels like some bad, you know, sci-fi movie where one brand controls all of retail. But how, conspiracy theorist speaking, how old is that theory though? It's not that old. You look at companies like Johnson and Johnson and, you know, DuPont, PepsiCo and all these that, that own all these other brands that they basically swallowed them up. Look at like Anheuser-Busch. If you're, if you're drinking a beer, 65% of the chance it's an Anheuser-Busch product. But they're not putting themselves out there. So I think Amazon literally did that with every single thing. They stole the blueprint from it, and they just retargeted you with their generic brand. So here's an interesting thing. I think there's this possibility for things to come full circle. We went from saying, hey, brands mean something to us because companies did a great job branding their company, making making it clear what their ethos was, and it resonated with us in some way. And I mean, even a Budweiser beer, still Budweiser meant something to people. And so then we saw people getting away from that saying, well, I don't, you know, all that traditional mass media marketing, I don't want anything to do with that, that doesn't matter. And we've gotten to this point where you've got so, so many brands that aren't even real brands, don't know who they are, or what they stand for, they're just products out there and I think at some point brand is gonna matter more to people again I'm starting to see it now and I think that's what's ultimately going to offset that with Amazon that it's not gonna just be a bunch of cheap knockoff products and that's what you see on Amazon because everyone thinks that Amazon is like the new get-rich-quick scheme that I'm gonna use one of these tools like a niche hunter type of tool where I can see What's the search volume? How many people are searching for that particular type of product? How competitive is it? Therefore, you know, what's the price per keyword on there? And is there an opportunity? And if there's an opportunity on there, I don't care what it is, whether I like it, whether I'm passionate about it, whether I have a commitment to quality with it, whether I even really know anything about the industry, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to manufacture that and I'm going to sell it on Amazon because I know there's enough people looking for but it. But because of Amazon, these creators and brand builders are not for example with sports supplement guys they're not supplement guys anymore they're marketing guys well they're they're they're, 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 they're digital selling, strategy guys they're digital strategy guys that are selling for amazon they're not creating a brand or a business they are well and, and ironically in the end they are ultimately creating a brand because when you sell enough of something oh. people start to recognize the brand over time yeah, if you have enough exposure it's like what's being famous these days being famous doesn't mean anything. It just means that enough people have seen you. Like you could be yeah. on Instagram and have 20 million followers, have no statistics or nothing notable that you've ever done in your life. But if you've got that kind of following, you're famous. But that, and it kind of goes back to our first question. Is it, are you okay with just being an Amazon brand? Do you want to be labeled as this Amazon brand? And, you know, it's an appeal to us, you know, to, to create specific products and stuff for Amazon. I think a lot of companies, you know, see that opportunity when they say, hey, Amazon's blowing up this thing that people try to 
cater to that audience instead of just doing what they truly believe in. I think there's a lot of people that don't want to sell on Amazon, but do it because they're scared not to. You know, a lot of big brands. Yeah, I bet. I bet. A lot of big brands. So I don't. I'm not anti Amazon at this point, but I do think that there's a real danger there. I there are things that I am anti Amazon about, and a lot of it is even stuff that you and I were just talking about. Some of the things trending today with the opening of their new headquarters, which they dubbed HQ2. HQ2 times two. Times two because yeah, it was supposed to be just the second one, Seattle being the first, and so they've been out there for how long? It seems like. Well over a year looking for a new city. They've been, they've been. Uh, I think it was started with two, two hundred cities that they had an option to do. I know Miami, South Florida was one of them. Which I thought, since Jeff Bezos was from down here, that he would have brought brought some love down here. Problem is, it doesn't make sense logistically because there's only one way in Florida, one way out. So right. logistically speaking, it's right. not a good location. They had, I remember they had Dallas down south. That's a new tech boom going down over there. Uh, Atlanta, but the two places that I guess you know that they got voted was. Crystal Lake or something in, so it's Virginia, in Virginia, Northern Virginia, in and New, New York. York. City. And you know, because I was sending this as a joke to Whitney because he's from Virginia, I was like, "Hey, look, your your town might be getting a you know an Amazon headquarters." He's like, "Oh no shit!" And 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 they did. So my idea is it's a it's a political play. They're right next to Washington. Why not? Well, I think it's a money play too, and that's that's a lot of the stink right now. So New York, right off the bat, and I don't know exactly how it's broken down. They say over the period of maybe it's a decade, if you look at all the total subsidies, all the total dollars that Amazon is getting from New York and all the different organizations within New York, it could total up to $3 billion. But right now what they're talking about is $1.5 billion is what Amazon is getting to set up shop in New York. And so people are saying, wait a second, you've got one of the, the wealthiest corporations in the world, if not the, the wealthiest. wealthiest. Right. And here we have, you know, the subways need work, the city needs all these things, and all of a sudden, New York is going to invest all this for you to come into our city. If you want to come into our city, why don't you prove to us that you belong in our city? Do we really need to pay you to be here? And obviously, it's all about supposedly creating jobs, but even that's a whole conversation. I mean, that's like a sci-fi movie in itself is, you know, what are these jobs ultimately going to look like? Is this like just... The new, I, you, I don't even think you call it new middle class, but it's, you know, is this the next generation of, you know, creating kind of like your, I'm not going to say low paying job, but, you know. There's, I mean, look, we, we, we see what happened when Apple went to China and all these places that you have a thousand people in a warehouse all doing tedious thing. And half those people are jumping off the fucking buildings. You know, they have like safety nets to catch them. But I know what you're saying. There's zero stimulus in doing doing some of that stuff so you're bringing kind of mid-tier but they did just raise i mean look give it to amazon they did just raise their minimum wage to 15 dollars so all their employees are making 15 dollars i don't know how what the varying you know i would i would is, say but. though so here's here's big picture okay so amazon expands two new headquarters fifty thousand each jobs so 50, new jobs virginia each. right off the bat i think paid them a half a billion or not pay them but is giving them so right off the bat, you got $2 billion for them to go ahead and expand, to go and create jobs. Probably a lot of those are $15 an hour jobs. My big question is because they are taking over so much, 
how many jobs are being displaced in the process? It's not displacing the jobs. You're displacing the businesses. Well, that's what I mean. Because you're pulling the... Well, that's what I mean. You know, so as you see brick and mortar retailers go out of business, you know, it's not like those are incremental new jobs. Potentially, they're replacing jobs, but I don't think it's coming in and in new additional jobs. It's not making the quality of jobs better. It's taking away. Now you're no more business owners. You're chopping away at you know small business owners. The 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 guy that's a tailor or the guy that fixes shoes or something like I that. I just think it's the furthest thing away from what. When I think about business, I always have this tendency to go back and think about like what did business like first businesses look like. Even go back to you know if this was medieval times. You would still have a blacksmith. You would have a guy, you know, shoeing horses. Those were all businesses, right? And there was a person behind it, and it wasn't just the product. It was the person behind it. And I feel like we're moving further and further away from that. And to me, that is the appeal of going out there and creating brands that do mean something, where it's not just a product anymore, hmm. where... There, there is an ethos. There is a culture there. There is values there, you know, that a, a brand then can become this living, breathing thing. And it's not just the owner behind it. It's everyone who works for that organization buys into that philosophy and believes in that, and it means something to them. And, you know, that becomes that's where business becomes very organic. Mm-hmm. And, and so I look at Amazon, and it, it feels like the opposite of that. I would say, you know, the flip side is it is creating an opportunity. You got people that are able to start a business, you know, that maybe it might not have been as easy before, but I, cost if it's I still don't think anything's easy. You know, I think the platforms are there. I think it's more visible to people, a path, right? It used to be a little bit harder to conceptualize, like, well, how am I going to do this? And I think there's clear cut paths, but it's like anything else when everybody else sees it is a really huge opportunity. It's like real estate. When you see everyone making the same move, to me, that's time to get out. Like when I saw that in South Florida here, whatever that was before real estate crashed. So like 2003, I saw people going crazy. I'd go to the gym and I'd have, you know, people that were firefighters and, you know, cause and not only bring them up because they had a a little more free time. Yeah, they would they work have, like have, four days on. And, and then most firefighters have that second you know, thing that they do. They always have a second gig. And so I talked to guys that I knew that were in the department. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I got six rental properties. And it's like they leveraged one to buy the next and leveraged that one with a second mortgage to buy the next. And, of course, it was like the domino Almost effect. It came crashing cool. down. And so I, I sold the rental property that I had. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, oh, man, when everybody's in it, I'm out. And so that's how I feel about Amazon right now. When everybody, that's like the talk. It's kind of like how just like every 12-year-old wants to grow up and be on YouTube. When every young entrepreneur just thinks they want to be on Amazon, that's a little scary. Yeah, for sure. Um, But they've done things in my lifetime that um, people did it. Here's here's how I feel that they've been successful. So many of these companies – Huh? In every way? You're talking about Amazon? Well, Amazon, yes. Yeah, well, do they? Well, I mean, but, but I mean, but I mean obviously. But, but what, it, what resonated with them, which I think was part of their success, everybody that was tinkering or with an idea, for example, shipping your groceries to your house or something, Publix attempted this maybe a couple of years ago. 
Everybody that had this idea and tried it and just didn't have it perfected, Amazon just took it, fixed it, and delivered it to you the right way to do it. So let's say anybody had an idea of delivering food to your house or one shop click, people might have attempted it, but Amazon did it right. And they did, they backed it up with the customer service that goes behind it, the convenience as we talked about, and just the overall shopping experience. Look, they've done they've done a lot of things right, man. I mean, there's a reason why they're now the largest company in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think was, one of the things that impresses me most. I remember is, buying books on there. Well, that's what I was about <laughs> to say. In the beginning, when they were selling books, that almost became a stigma. That's like being as an actor being typecast. Like, no, you you only get to play the bad guy, right? And so to break out of that becomes really tough. And for people to think of Amazon anything other than books was really difficult. And so the fact that they were able to break out of that so successfully, that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, they had a lot of things working against them. And look at what they're doing today. So, I mean, I can sit here and rag on them about how I think that, you know, it's not the best thing for independent businesses. But as far as an accomplishment, what he's done is insane. I mean, it's incredible. You got to give them that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I know we're, we're happy with our Amazon business as well. BPI Sports is on Amazon. Um, but we can tell the story better, I feel, on our website. And I think a lot of people, that's the probably some of the downfall. No company is able to tell that their true story through Amazon. It's almost like the, the bottom of the bucket. You know, that's, if you're going to buy something, go buy it, but there's no human element. You can buy a, a BPI Sports product, but... There's no journey for you. Well, and that's the thing. So it's it's impersonal. There's no relationship. There is no sense of community. And I think that's what makes really cool brands great is that that sense of community. Um, You know, brands will, if they are very clear about what their message are, people can identify that with that and it attracts them to it. Uh, Amazon just seems like it's, you know, really it's just about... What are the features and how cheap is it and how fast am I going to get it? In, in, in kind of like your history, have you seen or heard, had a business that might have been similar that kind of knocked away, you know, maybe like a Microsoft or, a, or an Apple that kind of decimated an entire kind of, you know, ecosystem like that? Is there, uh, was it a, maybe a car brand like a Ford or something that, that kind of disrupted the, the flow of things. I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this, especially mm-hmm. on the global scale that it is, and that's probably why it scares people so bad. Like I said, it's almost like a bad science fiction movie. You know, it's uh, you know, it's like the Terminator movie, but instead of you know, instead of just being some sort of technology company, what was what was the name of it? Cyberdyne? Cyber. Cyberdyne Systems? Yeah, Cyberdyne. Right. Yeah, no, it's Amazon. Uh, I think people are just terrified that Amazon is taking over everything. I mean, it looks it's an invasive. It's an invasive species. So what's they're, they're trying to get is, into entertainment, everything. Yeah, dude, they they provided me. They won an Oscar. <laughs> you know, they they've won Emmys. They win Oscars. They put out my favorite uh, show, the Jack Ryan with uh, John Krasinski. Go check it out. But yeah, they they're 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 dabbling in everything. But what they're doing is they're taking like a, a model from Netflix just duplicating it. I mean, there's nothing, they're not creating their own crazy thing. They're just making sure whatever you need is convenient for you, like right there at that time, whenever you're impulsing, whenever you're jonesing for it, you go look on Amazon for it. So look here, I'll say the flip side is, you definitely, it can be a springboard. 
If you have an idea for a product and you want to get in front of an audience that's looking for those types of products, there is an opportunity. It's still not that easy because whatever you're creating, that's a crazy thing. Like every idea, every type of product you can ever think of is there now. And that's one of the things that makes it so amazing. Like whatever you're looking for, you're going to probably find mm -hmm. it on Amazon. And that's pretty cool. Think about it. If you had... If there's something super specific, let's say you had some sort of weird, obscure hobby and you're collecting bugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Certain be, screw that you have that you need a certain... It'd be hard to find. It'd be hard to find in the past and now it's easy. And so that's the upside to it. The downside to it is everything is there on Amazon. It's, you're hard-pressed to find something that someone hasn't put on Amazon already. And again, that's why I go back to, you know old kind of lingo which is what is your unique selling proposition right so what makes your product or your brand different in sports nutrition it used to be formulas it used to be ingredients now i mean that's all changed you look at most of these products they from a consumer's perspective if they don't know the difference between quality and some of the stuff on the surface they look the same same type of fax panels, packaging looks kind of cool, they're in similar distribution or at least on Amazon. So what makes one brand different than the other, or at least one product? And that again is where brand comes back into play and you want to say, okay, well who's behind the brand? What do they stand for? And you know, what else are they doing that I can relate to? Are they doing something out in, you know, the community or are they giving back or yeah, you know, so brand, I do feel like at some point has to become more important again. I think it's a great tool to maybe grow your business, but maybe not grow your brand. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a growth engine, and that's where I think if you're smart, you can use it that way. Right. It has to be a piece of your, I guess, overall plan. Nobody ignores it. I mean, we talk about Amazon strategy right up with our digital stuff, with our website stuff, with social media. It's a part of everyday life, um, and I think just recognizing that and knowing, you know. There are certain things to, you know, obviously increase your business and all that stuff, but not maybe not your brand. Well, and, you know, but again, in the beginning, there is no brand. When you first start a company, you have an idea of a brand. You have a vision for it. You have this storyline in your head of what your brand represents, and that means something to you, but unfortunately, it doesn't mean anything to anybody else right. until you can make it mean something to them. And you got to get out there. You got you to gotta get in front of people, and you got to sell product, and... So Amazon can be a tool, can be a tool to help you get out there, to put your product out in front of people who are looking for those types of products. And so it can be, like I said, that springboard, it can be a start, but is it the end all? I don't think so. So another point I'm gonna bring up, cause I mean, a lot of companies I've known have, have dealt with this issue. You think they're at a risk of scaling up too high. What I mean by that is, now you have people that are complaining about the quality of boxes that are coming or you know they they've compromised sacrificed certain things that that they were number one for customer service mm -hmm. or you know the quality of the packaging and everything but some of that is you can see it You're, it's not coming as quick for example i had the lady that dropped off i'm one of those prime now people that just they people just bring my my food these people are full sprint when they're dropping off your food they're not even stopping and they I mean, timed. these are grown people. These are grown people that are running up and, and going like they have to urinate, you know? Well, it's because of time. I mean, that was a whole issue. Remember the the thing, and I don't, I don't remember the exact details of it, but it was uh, a lawsuit mm -hmm. when... It was a third-party company that worked for Amazon 
That literally they the person worked fifteen hours. They were each working like fifteen hours a day. No, that was a separate one. This okay. one was I I believe a gentleman that got let go, not let go. Maybe he was just demoted or moved to a different department, moved out of the warehouse because he was older and he couldn't literally do make as many pick and pack. You know that's how they do it. It's like how fast can you pick and pack, and it's all timed. And he couldn't do do it fast enough. And it's same thing, like the way you're describing. So if you have someone deliver something for Amazon, I don't know if you looked at the app, but you can actually see them just like Uber. You can see them on the map, yeah. and it'll tell you this person has seven stops before, before you your know, house. Tell you. So it's all timed of what they have to do, and they have to deliver. The crazy thing is they deliver all the way till nine o'clock at night, mm. which some people go ten, to bed early. Dude, ten. But ten. you pick your two so, hour. So you pick in two hour slots. So, so you pay for four to six. But like you said, I mean, these people are running ragged. They're running ragged, but that's what it, that's what Amazon's all about. It's right. all about efficiency. So, you know, they may be jobs. What's the quality of the job? I don't know. It's still better than no job would be the right. argument. I feel bad for them, though, man. They, this guy's delivering my food because I'm, I'm lazy as fuck, and they're delivering my food. And this guy was in a full sprint. I mean, he didn't even say anything. Just, I opened up the door, and he's already running. But that, uh, you know, that's the big thing about about Amazon is, you know, what are you losing in the process? You may be gaining convenience, you might be gaining, you know, a price advantage buying there, but what are you losing in the process? And, you know, we've seen that with a lot of different things as companies grow, you lose some of the things that you liked about it in the first place. Hey, you know, you look at a big brand like Starbucks. I remember when Starbucks, when they first started, they took that European cafe experience and they brought it here and it was the outdoor seating and you know, it, it wasn't a paper cup. It was if you sat at the restaurant, you had the porcelain, you know, regular coffee cup on a coffee saucer and kind of had a little bit of an experience there. I don't feel like Amazon, other than Wi-Fi, is an experience. I mean, the experience that stands out to me is just standing in a super long line, paying three times as much as I should for a coffee that comes in a paper cup. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think it's really easy for brands to get caught up in what the bottom line is and forget the human element and the personalization of it and and where it means something to people. And the longevity of it. I think, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but, you know, there's some companies that are 10 years, ten you know, been around for 10 years like us. We're celebrating our 10 years next year. Would we have, would we have made it like that if our strategy was kind of with this Amazon flavor to it? You would, never have made, would, have made a, would have made a lot of money. Right. I, you know... Who would we be today? Hard yeah. to say. Would we have 100 employees that, that all sustain, you know, if we're an Amazon-centric company? Well, look, you know, we made that conscious decision a long time ago because, frankly, we didn't know a lot about business. There's a big difference between being a business person, you know, going to Harvard and getting your MBA and, you know, being able to go be hired by a big Fortune 500 company and be a CEO versus being an entrepreneur. A lot of times entrepreneurs don't know business that well. We're just risk takers. We're, you know, people that are willing to go out there and work hard and, like I said, take those risks. I, and a lot of times that's kind of run and gun, shooting from the hip and yeah, learn sure. as you go. And so in the beginning, we just had a lot of hustle and went out there and, you know, we were able to scrape it together. But at a certain point, realized that even though we were able to make money, had some successful products that people really liked, that that you know that's fleeting comes and goes maybe they like your product today and then maybe something else you know bigger badder cooler cheaper whatever comes along 
and you have to build something that's more lasting there. And that's, and that's a brand. I think, and that's the I connection. Think, I think with us, besides selling awesome supplements or whatever, we do make a connection with our audience. I think that's that's where uh, Amazon loses me. I have no connection. I have no I, – I don't feel that brain at all. I'm just getting it because well, it's convenient and everything, but I'm not, what's, not even – What's sterile? It's, it's machinery. I mean literally it's becoming machinery. It's it's becoming – think about what Amazon really is. So behind – you know, forget Jeff, right, as a person. But if you think about what Amazon really is, so much of what drives Amazon is a big giant algorithm. It's a big giant algorithm. It's a know. whole retargeting system that if you are interested in something, Amazon will find a fucking way for you to buy it. I'm sorry. That's well, and, and it's and it's not just think about that. They're not just delivering the things that you're looking at and saying, here's some other suggestions. They know everything about your purchasing history and they're constantly hitting you up with stuff. And, you know, but it's a complicated algorithm. And that's why, again, it's not so easy just to launch a product on there. You really have to understand how how to you know work within the system understand the strategies but man you want to talk about cold i guess you could look at it one side it's almost like social media i see two different arguments with social media when you get hit with ads there's a guy like me who just immediately says that's so super big brother i you know if i look at something and if you're hitting me with all these retargeting ads and do all these things like i'm not turned off i'm a little turned off i'm like man okay you know what i want too well I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want to feel like you're watching over my shoulder. But for every person like me, there's someone who says, you know what? I like the convenience of it. I like the fact that I don't have to go out and search for this stuff. They're they're soft serving it. They're lobbying it to me. So it's kind of the same thing with Amazon. All I have to do is click and it's coming in two days. A lot of people like that about Amazon. If they're searching for something, they don't want to have to search too hard. If they search one thing, you know, they want to see what else they might like and so pretty soon everything is just dished up to them on a silver yeah. platter. Do you have an Alexa? No. Yeah, well, actually, I do. It's in a drawer where yeah, it belongs. Yeah, me too. I, I still don't trust it. It's sitting there, and I'm I'm Dude, it's, it. it's a listening device. Dude, it's a listening device, and and too many times where I've just been on the phone or something, be like, calling Claudia. I was like, that's my girlfriend. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, <laughs> Alexa. Well, look, you know. And, and that I mean, thing is listening to you the whole time. I think there's people who feel defeated anyway. They feel like between Google and Facebook and everything else is collecting all the data. I think some people just throw up their hands and say, who just cares? Join them. Who cares? You know, Google already knows that I like, you know, porn or whatever else they you're looking at. They know my sick fetishes. They know everything that you're looking at. They know what I'm ordering. They know where I'm flying. They know where I'm planning. They know who I'm talking like, to. They know everything, and uh, you know. I mean, look. In order to even combat it, you almost look super paranoid. You almost have to go to an extreme to not have them, you know, put you in buckets mm -hmm. to know stuff about you. When do you disconnect? At what point do you just say, "Excuse my French, but fuck it all. I'm going to disconnect from everything." I man, I don't even know if you can anymore. Like, unless. <laughs> I don't even know if you can, unless you, you go off the there is no such thing. I don't even think is going off the grid anymore. There's no such thing unless you can't even disappear if you wanted to. Look, people try to. People can make crimes and try to disappear, and they can't even disappear. It's look. You know what's really scary? So what was the uh, what was the movie with Tom Cruise? Uh, Minority Report. Mm -hmm. Remember with all the awesome movie, yeah. Yeah, so it's like you walk into a retail store and they scan you and they're like you're gonna commit a murder in three days, like. What? Well, but if they scan you and they know 
So imagine if you connect all the data about you with facial recognition software. So as soon as you walk into a store and they scan you, they identify you, they connect it with all your purchasing history. So even in brick and mortar, they can target you with, hey, Dennis, you know, such and such is on sale. You're like, well, how do they know? But what's scary about that is if that's everywhere, if it's on all the security cameras, you won't be able to go anywhere. Like they'll know where you're at at all times. Are you and that's, dude, that's not conspiracy theory. That's like conspiracy fact right yeah there. that's real that's uh laid down i mean you can see it through like the jason borns and all that stuff that technology that they they put it in front of you like well this could possibly happen they're already doing it they they had that i mean that technology has been around so long even remember when they had uh when the olympics were in china before they were getting ready for it this was well before it's like a year before it was, it was a year before they actually hosted the Olympics in preparation for it. I watched a show where they were talking about all the security measures that they had in place just because of terrorism, et cetera. Right, and facial recognition was part of it back then. And they were showing, they put these people in disguises. They put glasses on them. They put mustaches on them. They put ball caps on them. And it no, still picked them up. That's crazy. They, and were so I think, it, they were showing it uh, maybe a year ago. This China's on another level with that. They know every single person in there, dude. Well, it's, the technology's been around a long time. And they're, they're the pioneers of it. <laughs> so, and then, you know, we like to believe in this country. Okay, well, the technology exists, but I have my rights. I have, I have my privacy rights. But we've proven in this country over and over again the the government doesn't respect Dude, that. Your, your privacy rights were gone with the Patriot Act in 2001. I mean, that's another whole conversation on how we lost it. But that after 2011... That Freedom Act, the Patriot Act that were signed, yeah, that means I can go into anything that you do. You remember the movie Enemy of the State with Will Smith mm -hmm. and Gene Hackman? You know, he was a lawyer and the guy slipped the, the thing into his into his bag. Have you seen yeah. that movie? No. Awesome movie. Even but. Cybergenic Bees. <laughs> no, dude. Did you, did you see it? I, I told you last time I was watching those old episodes of Black Mirror. No. There was one where they, uh, the population of bees is wiped out. Like bees go extinct. So you need bees, right, to pollinate flowers, oh, et cetera. Cool. So they make these robotic bees. And uh, so then the government, in order to subsidize it, says, okay, well, we'll agree. I'm ruining this for people who haven't seen oh, it, but good. fuck it. We'll agree to subsidize it, but we want access to the, to the surveillance data. So all these bees flying around doing surveillance. That was, that was a part of what um, the second Batman with um – you know, with the Joker, where, you know, Lucius Fox like, I don't want to be a part of this, because he could do Sonic Wave, and he could just read the entire building, you know? And that technology was tapping into everyone's cell phone, letting off a sonar so you can map it. You know? Seriously, think about, so going back to Alexa, look at all these listening devices, and they're not the only one, you know, Google has their own version of it. So all these listening they devices... They all listen. They're all listening. They're all, like, it is your Apple privacy. Apple has a listening device. Yeah, it's right on your phone. <laughs> your privacy is gone. I have a friend of mine who works, you know, and that's uh, in law enforcement. He said, you wouldn't believe what we can do with your phone. He said, you think you, he's like, your phone doesn't ever turn off. He's like, there's no such thing as your phone turning off. So anyway, that's, that's a whole nother conversation, but there's no privacy anymore. So the question, like, you know, when do I disappear and stop relying on technology? I don't know if you can anymore unless there really is an apocalypse. Which, by the way, is kind of my own personal theory on why people love shows like that so much. I think we all secretly fantasize about it a little bit, like this possibility of possibility of hitting the reset button. Twenty twelve, uh, Deep Impact, Armageddon, all those movies. I think love about it. all of them. 
How many... San Andreas, those are Tom movies. Or even even a show like uh, Walking Dead. The Walking Dead isn't about The Walking Dead. It's not about zombies. zombies yeah. It's about society starting over again. Mm-hmm. That's what it's really about. I don't even watch it. Nick watches it. I'll, I'll kind of watch here and there. I lost interest after the first season. Yeah. The first season, I liked it because of that premise. Like, yeah. what would you do if you had to start over? If, if all society was, you know, if it was a wash, and you basically, you rebuild society. People don't like government. People bitch about government. But when government's gone, it's chaos. So even without government, you end up forming government again. I that mean, happened in this country. We, we sail across the world to start anew. But what's the first thing they do? You set up shop. You set up government. Yeah, you um, have to. Have you seen? And, and another series that disproves our, our your theory is: Have you seen the Purge series? No. The movie The Purge. Mm-mm. They've had five movies. The Purge. Not one actor you'll ever see in your life. The concept of so the, the idea of the Purge is for one day the government gives you any twenty four hours to break any law you want. Any law. Any law to murder. Why? Kidnap. It's just their way of relieving stress. Mm. It's a really cool concept, actually. They've done five of them. Now there's a TV show going to Amazon called The Purge. But watch the first two because they're super interesting. They just let off a big horn. So everybody tax up. Oh, dude, you see people in the, the crazy masks that come out there. And they're looking to, to hurt people. So now if me and you have a beef you know, in real it's life, on. the minute it turns off, you see that guy coming after you. you know, And, and you, you have the right to protect yourself at that point too. So you see all these weaker families – so what happens is in the first one, you'll see like white people attacking minorities and stuff, but they're all boarded up and, you know, they're trying to smash. Th- think about this though. That's cool. The purge. So go back to like not that long ago. Go back into, you know, even the 1800s. What happened if someone went into a town and committed a crime, right? Super small little town in the middle of nowhere. Someone committed a crime. You know, I mean, look, it might even be like a duel in the street, right? But there was immediate consequences for thing. And there was was more social responsibility because there was consequences, real, live, immediate consequences. And you don't see that as much now. And it's interesting to think how people would behave if that was there, especially with social media. Because there are no consequences, at least none that people see. Actually, this episode, the one in Black Mirror, so if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I don't know what the episode was called, but it was with these bees. And that was what it was ultimately about, was social media and the consequences of people's behavior on social media. Because, like I said, there are no consequences, and that's why people... Look, if I came up to you on the street and said something to you that you didn't like, there could be some consequences. You might say, all right... We're gonna fight. Yeah. We're gonna fight, right? So I've got to be prepared. If I'm gonna mouth off, I gotta be prepared to deal with those. If you're consequences. a Twitter troll and you're saying, "Hey, you're fucking dumb," you're, and you see him in person, you know. But there, but you'll never right. see that person, right. 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 especially since most of these people you don't even know who they really are. So there's no consequences. Know, right. So it's kind of interesting, like you know. And I think that's one of the problems. That's why, look, especially in South Florida, you and I've talked about it before. That's one of the things that wears me out about being down here is there's just not the level of respect for one another here like there still is in, in other areas. You know, Nick's from Canada and up there, you definitely still have it. Or you try to cross the road. If you even think about it, you kind of look over your shoulder and a car sees you, they'll actually slow down and wave you across. Here, 
they'll try to run you over. You and I'm talking about no one uses their turn signal because if you use your turn signal, then they intentionally try to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, that's a sign of weakness. You're, you're, you're giving away your play. So, you know, it's just it's the way people treat each other, yeah. and it, and that's the thing that kind of scares me for my kids for the future is something's got to correct that because otherwise we're on a bad bad course. Yeah, let's see how much time we've taken up. I think we've, wow, one hour. One hour? All right. Dude, it's well, always like, and we literally had no idea what we for, were for no For no topic, we always figure out some stuff yeah, to talk about. Hope, cool. Hopefully people find it interesting. But Yeah, this stuff was definitely cool. So according to James, make sure you catch a little bit of that Black Mirror. There's some good stuff in there. I never I never watch it forever, and you know, the whole crew here was like, oh, you got to watch it, you got to watch right. it, you'll like it. Some I like, some I don't, and it's not because they're not good. It's just some make me uncomfortable because it's, you know, you can you can see truth. Well, you can see the truth in it for sure. Right. Um, make sure you also check out those Purge movies, man. I think you'll like the first couple. Of their... I can't watch five though. No, but is the first one good? First one's badass. The first two are are really good, and then they're like, okay, well, this is we know. How do you, how do you expand on that same theory? It's like every year you do something else. Every day you go to a different town, and there's a different purge of. You know, it's but still cool. the same concept. The second, for all five. the second purge is they'll do it in Washington D.C. now, so all these guys are going after the president. It's it's really good. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's basically the horns go off, everybody puts on their masks. Imagine if you could do. Would you Would you take a part of that? Would you go kill somebody, or would you be? I don't want to kill anybody. protecting. <laughs> no, I really don't. You know, I mean, look, I've got guns. I'm prepared. If someone comes into my house and threatens my family, you damn right, I'll do it. Right. I don't want to though. Like but they I pray, even I, show those people that are that, that, I, I, that I, love I, defending in the purge too. But I, I pray that I never have to. Right, for sure. Because it's uh, it's a turning point. You never go back after that. Mm. You know, and I mean, look, the first time you'll probably it'll you'll be remorseful, it'll haunt you. But the sick thing is, you do it enough, and people get addicted to it. I'm sure you know. You hear people describe it. Taking someone's life is they all describe it as the ultimate rush. It's the ultimate power trip. Well, that's why you see some of these. Uh, and they were talking about like in Vietnam, a lot of people had time problem adjusting coming back from Vietnam, where they were so in such, you know, there's. Wait, wait, what are you, you going to do to get, to get that same sort of adrenaline rush? Like someone shooting at you, shooting bullets at mm -hmm. you. Nothing else is going to duplicate that same kind of adrenaline. But but the the the, the conversation I heard was you know Jesse Ventura, he was a Navy SEAL. He talks about how some soldiers come up and admit to him. He's like. I'm a wartime soldier. This no war shit where I have to, because then you see the annoying stuff like keeping your bed clean and all that. But when you're in war, you know, you're in war. You're not worried about all this other extracurricular so stuff. It, so, it, it changes So you. this guy says, he's like, I'm a wartime soldier. I'm not a, not a, you know. Look, we're still animals. Yeah. I don't know if you ever had a dog that got a taste of blood. No. So I grew up, you know, out in ranches. And uh, when you have a dog, who kills a chicken or a goose or anything, gets that taste of blood, changes nah, yeah. it. There's no going back after that. Yeah. There's no going back. Well, what did we learn today, boys and girls? Amazon is taking over, so just relax, sit back, let it consume you. Let it consume your entire life. Uh, check out Prime now. They deliver, you know, make you even lazier than you are. But, um, you know, if you're starting, if you're thinking about starting a business, it might be a good tool for you. But if you're looking to grow your brand, you know, consider, you know, some good old, good old legwork. Just like anything else in life, you know, it's, talk about video games. People ask me, how do I, how do I raise my kids when it comes to video games? You can't take it away from them. You take it away from them, they're going to want more. 
I, all I can do is teach them how to use it responsibly. Technology is here. It's not going away. It's not going away, so what's the right way to use it? And Amazon's the same thing. In business, it's here. Amazon's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's a tool. It can benefit you. Just, you know, you got to figure out how you're going to use it. Well, the right way to use your technology right now is to head over to either iTunes, <laughs> Spotify, Google Play, and subscribe, follow the podcast. Give us your feedback. Five stars only. That's all we're looking for. Um, I'll name you a couple other podcasts that you can give the fours and threes to, but give us the five. Also on Stitcher, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Podcast, and wherever your podcasts are listened to. Thank you guys again. Again, if you want to have, if, if you need any more information, um, head over to jamesgraves.com. A couple of shameless plugs here on the G- GGT. We will be having our huge black sale special um, on bpisports.com. Yeah, so if you guys love BPI Sports, uh, we have some great deals and bundles and stacks coming for you. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be just like a one-off shoot product. Wanted to mention that as well. Um, thank you guys again. We'll see you next week. Later. And everybody on Instagram, appreciate you guys tuning in as usual. So next week, hopefully, I'll go ahead and I'll do that podcast live at home with Nick and I. Life part two. You got to hype that up too. Yeah, I don't even. I have no idea. I don't even think I'm going to try to pick a topic. I think that one will just completely freestyle and see to what weird depths it goes. Get her to do the. We are now tuned into the James Gray's theory. Get her to watch. I'll give her a list. You 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 give her. I'll give her the list. list. I'll give her the opening and then the list of the platforms so she can see if she can do a better job than me. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. I will see you next week.